podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is A View From The Bridge, official podcast of the Belfast Giants for KingdomOfTheGiants.com. Today is Tuesday the 1st of October 2019 and my name is Davey McGimsey. Paddy Smith's away doing some uh, house renovations this week and he's left it to myself and a couple of my very good friends that I'm going to introduce now to do the show. So without further ado, Mr Simon Kitchen, welcome along. Thank you very much, David. You keep him well, mate. Yeah, I'm okay, thank you. How are you? I'm okay, thanks. A bit stressed out with this, trying to, <laughs> trying to fill in for Paddy. You but, never noticed me. And uh, obviously joined, as always, by the bearded charmer. How are you, Joel Neil? Good evening, mate. Absolutely seamless setup tonight. This is going super well. Yeah, what people don't know about AVFTB on plug tonight, it's a quarter past ten. I've been trying to get used to online for... <laughs> About 90 minutes now, but the same length of time it took Spurs to shell seven goals to Bayern Munich. You're going to have to use the fleet machine very quickly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, great, great, great. Uh, Family show and all. Before we start this week, or actually as we start this week, and and the last couple of weeks we've been, uh, we had the donor drive a couple of weeks ago, we had the, the, the chat about our pint for a pint for a pint blood. And news came through to us today from Dylan Kaki's mom, Glenda, that fantastically Dylan was able to go last night and get his transplant, and he's starting to feel a bit better. Says, "Yeah, it's it's brilliant news. You know, we we had uh, Dylan on Jan's TV on Saturday after he was away last week. I don't know if there was a lot of people know he was away last week. Um, uh, over to he was told to come to Birmingham, and, and they had a liver for him, and um, I think it was his third time." Uh, that he got there and uh, and I, I unfortunately didn't work out so he'd come home um, I spoke to Glenda last week, we got him on the Giants TV we tried to take his mind off all the, the issues and challenges that he's been having and then all of a sudden we found out this morning that he flew over yesterday and uh, had the transplant last night which is just fantastic news and, and Glenda as I say reached out today to Davey and, and said how well he's doing after you know such a short space of time as well so for absolutely brilliant news and coming on the back of we Blakey getting out of hospital as well so you know it's it's uh we've 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 been very lucky you know us three and our kids and stuff like that are um a touch wood everything's great with them and and you just don't know what's going through other people and and all the challenges that they may have and, and Blakey and our Dylan are very much in our thoughts and and uh hopefully uh both on the men the recovery and and hope to see it both soon and we'll see Blake and son on Friday night, I'm not too sure if Dylan will be back by then. Uh, if he's not, he'll definitely be uh, mentioned on the podcast. I'm sorry, the webcast as well on Jan's TV. But fantastic news, uh, especially to start the podcast off after, as you say, Davey, the, the last two weeks of, of the the donor night that Laura um, was heavily involved in getting organised, and and you know, you know, Laura and, and Dylan go back a long way as well. So um, I know she's absolutely over the moon as well, which is fantastic. And Joel, to come to you on it as well, you know, um, Dylan's liver was able to go to someone else and uh, and give them a new lease of life, hopefully. But, you know, these things are tempered with, you have to remember that another family 
you know, have donated to to Dylan. So, so with that in mind, and a bit of what you wrote on Facebook today or Twitter about you know talking to your folks and, and becoming a donor, it's, it's really really important. It's really important. And it's also it's just overwhelming. I mean, whenever the news came through today, overwhelmed was was the the only word I could really conjure. You know, there's the, the the kind of surge of emotion you get whenever you know of what Dylan has been through and and got to that stage after three or four whatever it was chances at, 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 a, at a transplant. Um, it, it just you, you couldn't write it, Davey. Like, uh, says you know had had him up on TV. So him and Glenda were up in media at the weekend there, and I was having a good chat with with Dylan's mom, Glenda, just about you know the, the past week and how they they got all the way pretty much to, to pre-surgery kind of meds and, and all that kind of thing whenever the, the kind of plug was pulled on the transplant and um you know it's it's just the, the heartbreak and all the emotion and all of the, the physical stuff that you have to deal with logistical stuff you have to deal with um but i mean it's like a movie script that we would you know we'd have that donor drive that dylan would face that kind of uh, being knocked back again and then suddenly again it comes through and, and he's off and, and it's happened and you know you have to sort of as you say temper it like it's it's fantastic news and we're, we're thrilled for our wee mate because he's finally after being through everything he's been through he's got the liver that, that he's been waiting for you also have to think that somewhere somewhere someone else has lost someone for that to happen um you know there, there's a lot of emotion involved with it but the very bottom line is here you know if, if if it was one of your family members or if it was you i think we would all be pretty quick to take a donation so you have to ask yourself if you should really be a donor yourself and, and you should give if, if that opportunity could arise and, and you know I'm, I'm grateful that my eyes were open to it because it's something i always said yeah i'll get around to that i'll get around to that but it's just been brought into such sharp focus through the work of the club and everybody that pulled together for that night um and really you could not have highlighted it better than what's happened here this week i'm just i'm thrilled and i'm made up for my wee mate but it's also just generally overwhelming and, and filled with that kind of <clears throat> that kind of tinge of sadness because obviously there's been a loss somewhere but is there anything better to leave behind than that kind of a legacy where you can give somebody else a chance you know um but all in all, fantastic news. And I love the Blakey as well for a big, long hospital stay and another battle. And he's out again. You know, it's, it's been a great news week. And, and Simon, obviously, we, we will move on from that and we'll hopefully have Dylan on the, either on the webcast or the podcast over the next few weeks to talk about it. Because I'm sure he'll have an awful lot to say about it. But, you know, on our pint for a pint for a pint on our blood drive for the Northern Ireland Blood Transfusion Centre, a little bit of news on that today. You want to break as well? Yeah. Um, after... Uh, all, David, has been your idea from from the outset uh, to try and do something with regards to uh, the pint for a pint for a pint. So, I had a chat with my boss at Phone Academy, William McCausland, um, and my general manager Simon Sims, um, and they think the idea is fantastic. Uh, William is probably one of the most generous people I've ever come across. He doesn't pay much in the wages department, uh, but with regard to charity donations, he's, he's certainly uh, not shy to put his hand in his pocket. So. Um, with the Odyssey Trust um, giving a pint of beer from Heineken or a soft drink, um, if you donate your pint uh, of blood, uh, Phonacab will donate £10 for every donation handed over, and we will donate that uh, in their pot, which will then go to the Northern Ireland Blood Transfusion Service. So um, we, we're talking about 100 pints here as a target. Um, if we get that 100 pints, we will donate, for a cab that is, we will donate a £1,000 to the Northern Ireland Blood Transfusion Service. So uh, thanks very much to William McCausland and Simon Sims um, at Phonacab. And uh, um, but again, you know, it's uh, charitable donations from, from the man himself. He's, he's, he's a top, top bloke like that. So, um, yeah, it's all good. Phenomenal news. That's incredible. With that, 
being said, let's move on and look at a little bit of hockey, guys. Um, we obviously had two Challenge Cup games last weekend, a bit of Jekyll and Hyde stuff as we've had over the last few weekends. Um, start on Saturday night with the home game against Fife in the SS Arena. Almost 4,000 people turned out. The Belfast Giants took an early lead, first goal of the season for Jean Dupuis, and uh, followed up with a Jordan Smotherman goal to make it 2-0. Fife pegged us back towards the end of the first period to make 2-1, but from then on it was really all Belfast Giants. Goals from Bobby Farnham, Curtis Hamilton, Brian Ward, um, Liam Morgan and Jordan's mother one with his second of the night. Just time for Fife to get a second just before the end of the game. But uh, Simon, a 7-2 victory, pretty plain sailing. I thought that it, uh, Fife did okay in the first period. Um, I thought we got off to a great start. It's always important to score the, the first goal at home. We we had that conversation with Dupes last uh, uh, Tuesday before practice and or sorry after practice, um, and chatted about you know the chances that he was getting and unfortunately couldn't bury one. But he he took his first goal for the chance very very well. Um, it's all important about getting the shot away and going to the net, which is which he did come around behind. And when you watch back in the in the replay itself, uh, young Sam. Um, Oh, I can't remember his name. Number fourteen, Joe. Is it Jones? Sam Jones. Sam Jones. Yeah. Um. You know, he he just couldn't get the stick down to the the knock it out of the way, and and Jupes was right on the doorstep and put it home for his first goal, and uh, it was great to see him. You know, if you watch the, again the, the highlights and see Bobby Farnham and and uh, Liam Reddick jumping right in there as well, so they were very pleased for his teammate. Great start. Um. After, you know, Fife got the the goal back to try and. Uh, you know, towards the end of the first period, it was a mistake in the corner. Uh, well, a, but not so much a mistake, just a bit of miscommunication. Guys didn't didn't have a chat to each other. After that, I thought we were outstanding. I thought that we completely controlled the game. T- second period, we didn't give them anything to sniff at. Um, they managed to get a second goal uh, late, late in the game. After it's a, you know, we, we I think we scored our seventh at that stage, Davy, and and they got a consolation, but. We were we were absolutely dominant. I didn't uh, think that Fife gave us any challenges in the second and third period at all. Uh, Shane, or sorry, Steve Murphy came up with a couple of big saves in the first period to, to keep the score two 0 and then obviously with that late goal in the, in the first to put it back to two one. But I thought we were very 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 good um, on Saturday evening. Joel, we had a couple of, of points to talk about there from from what Simon said as well. Sean Dupuy getting his first of the of the season after having a lot of looks to be fair to him. He's he's been getting opportunities, just hasn't went in for him. And obviously then Stephen Murphy and, and even Andrew Dixon coming in, getting the last sort of six, seven minutes of the game when he had to face a couple of shots. But nice to get everybody a game this early in the season. Another one of those comprehensive team wins at home, uh, which is, is what we're kind of, I guess, being known for. Um John Dupuy getting that monkey off his back is one of the stories of this game. Uh, you know, he was one on one. I think he got a goal assist and then scored again on Sunday. Hopefully, that's him off to the races now. Um, the one of the prettiest goals I've seen in a while was the two 0 goal. Patrick Ronka and Jordan Smotherman on the breakaway. Um, I don't think you'll see a, a more aesthetically pleasing goal in this league. The pair of them just turned on the Jets. Uh, Ronka's puck awareness to play that cross ice pass to Smotherman, and that finish was vicious. Um, that was just the the Giants all, all over. They just were were uh, comprehensive. Um, Liam Morgan is my talking point overall from this first. Uh, game of the weekend uh, first of all that third period goal where he uh, had the puck on uh, coming from behind the net out kind of to the left of the crease and that turn and shot 
Um, phenomenal finish. And actually, I, I chatted to him after the game. Uh, really, really, first of all, for a 21-year-old, astonished by how mature he is and, and how well he speaks. But I asked him in post-game to compare and contrast his experience in the Elite League so far with what he had had before in the NCAA. And he said that the main difference was the ice size, which gave him more time to read and react. Now, that might seem obvious, but I mean... Uh, I guess I've never really thought about it technically before. You know, you only have to look at Darcy Murphy and his goal tally last year for for an example of, of the sort of electric talent that can produce straight out of college in this league. You know, we've talked about the Friendship Four and the college links that we have now as great recruitment tools. But as I say, I've never thought about it technically. You put someone who's used to playing fast and making decisions in claustrophobic conditions on an ice pad of our size where they've got more time to do those things. Magic happens like... There, there was uh, Darcy with a 50-plus goal season last year and Liam Morgan's already just defying everyone. You know, I, I guess my takeaway from, from the first game was that too often we, I guess, the fan base, the people on the outside, look at elite prospects as like the Bible. You know, you read a player's career history, the, a player's numbers, and it's fair to say Liam Morgan coming in was the wild card of this Belfast Giants team. Look what he's done so far. You know, scouting and recruiting, even at, at our level in the elite league, is so much more than numbers. It seems to be a science. You know, it's a reminder that compared to the guys that are paid to do it, Thorts, Kiefer, were just absolute armchair analysts. What a what a find Liam Morgan has been and I hope continues to be. Um, and what a great recruitment system that we've got going. I think it's going to continue to pay dividends. Um, in the week that the Friendship Four begins, it's kind of promo again. It's just a fantastic reminder of that. Let's see Fife then headed quickly for the for the exits and on to the standing line back to Fife. We we obviously headed off then the, the following morning and a bit of a bus trip up there. And we started okay. Actually, at the end of the first period, the Giants actually led 2-1. to one. But after that, the second and third period, we kind of fell a little bit flat. Goals on the night from Matt Pellich, a bit similar to the, the, the Liam Morgan goal the night before. And as you say, Jean Dupuis getting a second. I'll come to you first in this, Joel, before I come to Simon. I know he's got some particular things he wants to talk about. But um, a little bit Jekyll and Hyde, this Belfast team, Hoban versus away. Yeah, I'm trying not to get too rattled by it. Um, the the thing that gave me comfort after the game was watching Adam post game interview. Um, it was very clear that the team and the coaching staff know what's expected. They know it wasn't good enough. You know, Adam Keith picked up on on too many penalties. Uh, the penalty kill was, I think, seven for nine in the game. And I mean, thank God our penalty kill is as good as we've been talking about. Um, the only flip side to that is, as Adam Keith says spending so much time on the kill is a momentum killer, you know, and, and you're in a, a tough building to get a result out of. And if you're on the back foot for the majority of the game, taking regular penalties like that, you're just not going to have a chance. Um, thankfully, the coach's post-game interview said it all. There were a couple of great moments. I think Matt Pellich's goal was fantastic. John Dupuis, as we've said, got on the score sheet again. But um, if we're on the back foot like that on the road, you know, we need to go and reclaim that identity that we had. And Adam Keefe hockey team in his first couple of years were hashtag road warriors. You know, they were boys who went on the road and sometimes produced some of their most fantastic results. Think of the long road stretches we had whenever we had those, uh, you know, sketchy schedules where they would disappear out of Belfast for like six years and, and come back with an absolute haul of points. And I think the team just needs to awaken to that again uh, to become an Adam Keefe hockey team. You could see it on his face and in the way he spoke that he's not happy. And I have no doubt it'll be addressed. Um, I think the other thing that we're going to talk about, and I'm sure Sis has some takes, is the the schlippy nets that were uh, apparent throughout the game. Sis, what I was going to ask, first of all, was obviously Shane Owen's first visit back to um, 
the Fife Ice Arena in Kirkcaldy there. And one of the things that uh, Adam Keith noted in his post-match uh, interview was that he felt that the the boys left them hang out to dry a little, a few times. Not a few times, five times. Um, that were obviously repeat them, and you know it, it's it's not acceptable at this level. Um, you know we started as I agree with you. I thought we started the first period reasonably well, and um, we got the second. Uh, we scored the second goal to go two one. Um, but after that, I don't think we offered anything. Um, you know. Yeah, that's Adams already commented on it that the effort wasn't good enough and and uh, it, it it will improve. Uh, but you know it's it's four games on the road now. Okay, two in the Champions Hockey League, which are you know that's a different level. Um, but Manchester away lost in overtime, um, got up to five, and and that's not taking anything away from five. You know when they got the opportunities, they took them, um, and they were disappointed the night before. So you knew that they were going to be coming out to get ready to go to play the game as well. So, but. You know, we play a fluid game. We've got a, we've got a lot of guys who can really skate, um, and the official we've talked about. The thing about this is there probably should be a podcast to talk about the elite league officials because they play a prominent role um, every single week on every single podcast. Um, and I don't listen to any of them, but just listen to, to see some messages coming through from Paddy because Paddy seems to have a lot of time in his hands. Um, <laughs> And listens to all the podcasts throughout the league. Like, I listen to none of them. Um, but, you know, the, the officials, yes, it's critical that they're part of the game. I get that. But. Well, here, let me let me give you a stat before you go off on one here, because I I, I think you've got every right to, to have a little say after what went down the weekend. But across the two games, 29 minor penalties called. You know, again, Yes, if you take for argument, right? I did. I had a chat with you today about this. I thought Chris Wales was excellent on Saturday in Belfast. So let's get the positives out of the way first of all. I thought that Matt Thompson called a couple of soft ones, but he didn't have a a, a, a bad game. You know, you're always going to make. There's always going to be error. However, when you go to Scotland, our guys need to get used to this, and they need to get used to it very, very quickly. Because it is consistent over there, consistently bad. Every single game, you know, I, I was talking to the boys, and I'm not going to throw any of them under the bus, but I was talking to them today. I, I'm in a p- pretty good position, or pretty, uh, probably position that I can go down the SSC arena, I can go in and get interviews for ABFTB, I can talk to the boys uh, before practice or after practice, sit in the bench and watch the, you know, the guys and, and their and training. And some of the comments that are coming back, from guys who are in their first year in this league, uh, about how soft the calls are, and about um, about the you know, we get called for uh, for too many men on the ice. Um, it wasn't Toby Craig; it was the other guy. I think his name's Horner, um, who was a, a linesman last year and has is stepped up to do referee this year. Uh, but he makes a call for too many men on the ice, and. My understanding from the listening to the boys on the bench and the coaching staff and the, the training staff is that it was made by the fans because they started screaming for it. The guy, our demon's coming off the ice. Um, Liam Reddicks has the puck on the other wing, skating into the zone in total control, and the official calls a penalty. Jeff Mason has had a conversation with the official about the penalty, and he turned around and said to Jeff Mason, that our D-man touched the puck, and that's why I called it. 
I shit. Because when you watch the video, Liam Reddicks has the puck the whole way down the ice. The whole way down the ice. It doesn't come anywhere near our team, man. And they're getting called for that. On top of that, Ben Lake then gets a two-minute penalty. So they're in a five-on-three, and they tied up with that goal. So I don't want to – I've said this. I didn't want to have a go at the podcast or the webcast, and I think I've been pretty calm on the, the webcast with regards to the officials. But, guys, it's it's getting to the stage where I'm telling you now, we're going to stop top-quality players coming to this league because the officiating is so below average. Our, every, every single aspect of this league, I'm talking about bases, right the whole way through to the ownerships, to the players that are coming in, to the standard of play, every single part of it has improved year on year on year. And when we continually get crappy calls, inconsistent refereeing, even look at Bobby Farnham's penalties at the end of the game. Him, I can't remember, can't remember the five guys. They get two minutes each. That's fine. You can chirp away at each other. It's, you know, the game's over that stage. Last minute or just over, with, you know, one minute 30 to go. That's fine. Uh, they get two for rough in each. No, well, actually, the five player didn't get anything. Are you sure? Oh, well, it's not on the game sheet. I thought they got two each. Okay, Bobby got two, and then he's off the ice. And they then issue with him another penalty for, first, originally, it was cross-checking. And then they changed it to slashing. There was no cross-check and there was no slash. That's first of all. The other side of that is Bobby Farnham walks off the ice. He's got to go, obviously, in behind the penalty. I would call it a penalty box, but it's it's a penalty bench because it's still part of the, the walk part of the arena itself. And walks straight down. Again, you can't call it a tunnel, but you walk down to the away dressing rooms. There's 30-odd seconds or, or a minute left in the game. Taff has the key for the dressing room. He can't get around quick enough. And he's chased down the tunnel, as they call it, by a cameraman, by a photographer, who's right in his face. And then after that, the fans are walking straight down. And by the way, the security guard stepped aside to let the photographer straight through to get a photograph of him. And then the fans start walking past him, within touching distance of, the, of, of Bobby Farnham. And the players are walking off the ice after that, within touching distance. They shouldn't be anywhere near the players. This is what happened to Big Matt Nickerson a couple of years ago. He got a 20-game suspension because he pushed a guy out of the way. And it's going to happen again. And somebody's going to get hurt. And certain arenas or certain rinks around this league really need to be looked at because it's not acceptable. You're putting players in a very difficult position after getting a penalty and more or less kicked out of the game for the rest of the game itself. And they're, 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 their adrenaline's pumping. They're ready to my adrenaline's pumping now talking about it. But it's absolutely unacceptable for fans during a game or immediately after a game before the players are off the ice and in the safety of their own dressing room. For them to get anywhere near the players is absolutely unacceptable. And Fife should have to pay for that because that's absolute bullshit. They shouldn't be anywhere near them. And somebody, if the Bobby Farnham had a hit or reached out to one of those fans, Who's the only one that gets penalised for it? Bobby Farnham and the Belfast Giants. The fan probably gets a season ticket for free for the following year. It's ridiculous. It's out of order. If it had happened in my day, 
I'd probably get arrested and taken out learning a meat wagon. <laughs> and, this is and, the thing, though, right? Like, I mean, you, we're going back to that Matt Nickerson incident. I, at the time, you're, you've got these guys that are play, playing a high-pressure game, and they are taught and expected to play a violent game, and at it by its very nature. No, so, they're not. They're not. No, taught, no, no. They're not taught. That's. They're not taught to play a violent game. It is a violent game. It can't get very violent. But what you're saying, that's wrong. No, but what I'm saying is the onus is on the, the people in the building and the owners of the building to keep the separated from the Correct. fans. You know, Absolutely. that that is what what I'm saying, says, and, and, and I completely agree with you. I, I'm, I, maybe, I didn't, maybe didn't put it right, but that area, that ice area, including the benches, including the penalty boxes, including the walkways to the changing rooms, that is that player's area of work. And the, the game is inherently violent. It's got a lot of testosterone, and it should do. That's the point. That's what hockey is. So the onus is on the building itself and the people who run the building to keep the two things completely separated. And any uh, meeting of the two, that's the building and the club's fault. It's on them to keep them apart. 100%. And again, it, it's all about, you know, it, this is not just Fife. It happens at Guildford. You know, they can literally reach out and touch them at Guildford as well. You know, mm. yes, it's all good and well for a wee high five coming off the ice. That's you know that's absolutely fine after a game in your own team and your own tunnel. But I mean, look at the the fans in Fife. And listen, I'm not having to go at the fans in Fife here because they, you know, you could hear them on Sunday night. They, I thought they were excellent in fairness. You know, they they do a very good job for their own team in their own rink. And you know, when they're they're right on top of them, uh, you look. I mean, flip sake, you know, if if Adam throws his head back and and at a and discussed at a penalty call, it's hitting somebody in the first row. Mm-hmm. It's that close, and that's one of the things I like when I was playing in five, I playing against, you know, five flyers or Kirkcaldy Castles, whatever it may be. That's one thing I liked about that rink. You know, they're literally right on top of you, but for them to have access to to the players' waiting area to get on legs or or coming off the ice itself is wrong, at so many levels. It's absolutely wrong, and again, you know. Thank goodness Bobby didn't react to it. And thank goodness, again, even when Shane Owen, Shane Owen's coming off the ice, he's taking his blocker off, he's taking his glove off, he's putting them under the dryer uh, that uh, Tafa's sitting outside the dressing room. And then he's got a five fire for, oh, Shane, how are you? You know, how's Kate going? This is after warm-up or in between the first and second period. How are you? Everything okay? Right, right in his face. Shouldn't be happening. He's got to get the guy out of the way to walk past him to get into the dressing room. So the elite league again, everything about the elite league improved. Everything, as I, I touched on a couple of weeks ago, Mike Hicks is doing a great job regarding the uh, operations side of thing. Luke Fisher is doing a brilliant job um, off the ice for media side of thing as well. And I'm probably going to get a bollocking over this for for saying, speaking my mind as a as a volunteer of this great club. I'm probably going to get a, a total reprimand over it, but I genuinely don't care because it's that frustrating. I'm not the only person frustrated by it. There's other calls around the league. There's other rigs that it happens as as well. But the, the most important thing for me is player safety. Fan safety is important. Player safety is absolutely critical. These guys, this is as you said, Joel, this is their job. They're in their place of work. They should be safe in their place of work. If they're fighting with a player on the ice, that's part and part of the game. Absolutely no issue whatsoever. But the common contact with a fan, whether it's walking off the ice or a fan reaching down and trying to grab something or just stick off them or whatever it may be is absolutely 100% unacceptable. Rant over. 
Okay. Well, I think I think we'll 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 move on and and talk about the existing standings in the group as as it sits with all the teams of a couple of games left in our group. The Belfast Giants sit in third place overall, four points each with the five Flyers. Five Flyers just ahead of us on the tie breaks there. Glasgow Clan with two points. We have the Stars and the Clan still to play both away. Joel, it's not going to be an easy detail, but we we need a, a couple of results. Yeah, all of a sudden the uh, the Challenge Cup group that we have all been kind of lamenting as uh, the fan base has lamented start, you know, talking about how uh, six games to play, it's too much to try and get out of the group, you know, win a couple of games and it's pretty much over. All of a sudden this is interesting. Um, you know, we, we have those two games, both on the road, yeah, aren't they? Both away? Yep. Wait, I mean, uh, we're away to uh, Dundee this uh, Saturday and, and then we're away to the clan next Saturday. You want to talk about bringing into focus the need for the team to bring it together on the road and become that Adam Keith Road Warrior hockey team. I mean, to get to not make it out of the Challenge Cup group would be unacceptable. Uh, and you know that's that's nothing that the players and the coaching staff don't know. Um, but I mean, that that to me just underlines and stumps the fact that we need to pull it together on the road and start producing results. Says it's not going to be an easy task, but uh, you know, one one result really out of the two games we should see us through, okay? Yeah, oh, but again, we'll do it to buying, right? Just to, just because we're the Belfast Giants and we're the you're with the reigning cup holders, we've absolutely no divine right to get in there. And if you're not playing good enough, that's that's just tough. So again, we've got a there's a more important thing to think about here, which is the Friday night game against. Dundee can wait. Adam will not be thinking about Dundee right now. He'll be thinking about the Guildford game. And if, if we don't qualify, do you know what? We we don't deserve to qualify. That's it. If we don't win at least one of these other games, we're not going through. And then, you know, it's talked about before about winning your group and, and then taking the pick of who you want to play. If we finish third, we could end up finishing eighth in the group in the, in the next stage. So you could end up whoever it could be Dundee versus Belfast again, or because they're Dundee are top of the group at the minute and, and ours, but they could end up with more points than everybody else. So it's. it's I would it's, think. Yeah. Does it not? Does uh, does the Challenge Cup not work still on the the top seed picks who they want to play? Yes, but that's what I mean. Dundee could technically finish top of the three t- three groups. The three. I mean, it's obviously our group, and then they've got the the North of England group, and then they've got uh, Coventry, Guildford, and. Cardiff. Uh, Cardiff, yeah. So, you know, there's two to coming out of that. There's three coming out of the other two groups. But technically, if Dundee win their last... If they only played, they played four or five. They've played four and have six points. They've already qualified. Okay, so if they win the next two games, they could be top. So they could be first seed. And you think Definitely. they'd pick us? You Well, if they beat you twice, why wouldn't you? Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> That's Comment. a fair point. So it's Friday night's the game. However, it's vital that we win one of those last two games. And when you look at it from a perspective of what other games we'll have coming up, I mean, did you work it out, Davey, over the next... Well, I think it was eight games and 17 days coming up with a lot of travel in between. And a lot of travel. So the first game's first. Guildford's Friday night. Uh, Dundee don't play until Saturday when we're sitting waiting in Dundee for us to arrive. It's going to be tough. It's going to be absolutely tough. Um, But... Look, we've got a team good enough to do it. Um, we just need to get the first game out of the way and then concentrate on Dundee and Saturday night. 
Let's have a quick look around the league. And let me tell you, it's going to be a very quick look around the league because <laughs> it's going to basically be, let's look at the league table. And sitting atop of the league table, it's so skewed at the minute. You know, the Belfast Giants are sitting top, bottom of the table. They've only played two games, one being a 3-0 home shutout victory. So the league's completely skewed. Some teams have played six games. Giants have only played two. So, But the Glasgow clan, I suppose, are the bit of the story at the minute, being top of the table there, Simon. Eight points from five games, 20 goals scored. I suppose they're, uh, they're a little bit uh, on heat at the minute. Look, confidence breeds when you're winning games. And... You know, they came into Belfast uh, just over two weeks ago, I think it was. Um, and we, we, you know, we scored six past them. Uh, we played very, very well that night. Uh, Zach Fitzgerald was very disappointed with, um, although he thought the team played okay, he was very disappointed with the result. I actually gave him a lift back to the hotel that night. They were staying over and then flying out to Cardiff the next day. Uh, so, you know, for them to go on the road, uh, I think the following week they played Cardiff, Sheffield, won both. And then the one both games against Nottingham in Nottingham this weekend. Let's look again. The confidence will come by winning those games, and they're sitting top of the league for a reason. Uh, so fair play to, to Glasgow where they are at the minute. Um, they won't stay there by the end of the season, but fair play to them. And Joel, moving on to uh, I suppose the biggest piece of news um, down in Cardiff Bay. There they they something very unique and never done in UK hockey before. They've. Uh, Got like a noisy section going there and, and we sent, of course, our own special agent, John Smith, over to uh, have a look at it on its first outing. To be honest, boys, up the boomerang corner. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's something that's just never been done. You know, I, I, I can only imagine how much more enjoyable first European hockey would have been and then around the Elite League if there were some sort of area for st- fans to stand together and make a bit of noise. Look, uh, as somebody who was in the middle of it whenever uh, kind of the Giants original fan zone started and morphed into what became Boomerang Corner and blah 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 it is great for a club to have somewhere where that kind of atmosphere can be like a nucleus where it can emanate or whatever else but the self-congratulate and, and the back pattern I've had to read on Twitter this week I've actually blocked the term block 13 I've had absolutely enough of it fair play to you yes brilliant but you don't have to carry on as if it's going to solve world hunger and solve Brexit I mean it's not the greatest thing that's ever happened enjoy it go have fun with it but dear god give us all a rest i told you it was going to be a very quick look around the league um let's move on to um this weekend the belfast giants as simon has already said we start on friday night oh yeah go on i i think did anybody see the uh the goal from Valoran for sheffield shorthand and then the slash coming in from eastern fournier yeah right okay i'll go back and, and ask i'll go back and 42. Only one other thing, really, Simon, there uh, involves Cardiff a little as well. I was watching a little bit of the highlights of Cardiff against uh, Sheffield at the weekend. There was a bit of an incident with the shorthanded Valorant goal. Yeah, I, I couldn't believe there was no call on that. There, I know the, the referee put his on because um, obviously he was only going to call a two-minute minor, um, but that could have been a serious injury to Valorant. I mean, he, he, he strips Gleason Fournier out of the pocket, the far blue line, skates in. Um, Fournier does well to get back and, and the, uh, you know, give him a, get close to him anyway. But he didn't get close enough. And then he, he takes a, initially it's a two handed swing. And then it ends up just in the one hand. But I mean, that, that, that's a deliberate attempt to injure. And for me, that's worth more than two minutes. I thought it was absolutely ridiculous. 
um, against the Steelers. And it's not often I say anything positive about the Steelers. <laughs> but, you know, I thought that was ridiculous. And, and, and again, him not getting called on that is just bang or the order. That's a, that's a major penalty all day long, in my opinion. What do you think? I've just got the clip in front of me right now. And the way he that goal peg. I mean, if it had been in Fife, he would have just slid on down the ice. But apparently well fastened that is some serious contact and it is such a clear slash it's 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 a it's a breakaway it's a one-on-one it's a clear goal scoring opportunity major penalties all over the place and, and nothing called there no well i think the i think the, the line or the ref has his hand up for the uh yeah. for the penalty but he's obviously oh, he scored does. on the delayed, right. delayed call so wipes washes it out but if, you know if it's a major penalty it doesn't wash it out but you know, no, they obviously discussed that they got a short-handed goal it's Sorry, a, that it means that it's evened up if it's a major penalty, and then Sheffield go on it. But I'm I'm pretty sure it didn't. I think Cardiff won that game, didn't they? Yeah, Cardiff won that game. So you know, it, it, if it had been a, a major call, then uh, you know it's taken back. Cardiff won that game three two. So if it had been a major call, Sheffield then go on, uh, finish the penalty for a four on four, um, and then go on the power play, which could be massive for them. So. I just thought it was very um, light. I thought the official should have called more on that, but again... We'll put that down as another one on Simon Kitchen's official's naughty step list, and uh, we'll see see where we go. But as I said, it was going to be a very quick look around the league, and it is. And before we go on to look at this weekend's game, Simon caught up with Kieran Long and Adam Keefe down at training this morning. That's us now. <laughs> New uh, local lingo coming out from Kieran Long. Longer um, mixed fortunes of the weekend. Uh, let's have a quick chat about Five Flowers uh, at home on Saturday night. Um, a dominant performance. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've uh, we've come out really strong at home so far this year. Um, boys, uh, we seem, seem to be playing well at home. Um, just trying to find that bounce on the away games. Um, I think we need to bring. Uh, it's difficult with a, a bunch of guys new to the new to the league so they're new to these arenas um but that's like not not arenas but you know what i mean um but yeah we can't find excuses we've got to be better um but yeah sunday um i think that's more or less what you're referring to it was a it was a good start Uh, i thought we got off to a great start but um after we scored a second goal it sort of went all downhill from there but slow again being slowed down with the ice and the goals being knocked off it must be very frustrating as a player yeah, no, it's frustrating, but you know you get that in every game. Um, you just need to bite your lip and get on with it. You can't get frustrated in these games. Um, you know every game's important in this league if you want to be challenging for the league. Um, but yeah, like you said, it is frustrating, but we we can't get frustrated about it. We have to keep working hard and do what we do, and hopefully get the win. Guildford Friday night at home, um, and then Saturday, uh, sorry, yeah, Saturday away to Dundee. Um, Guildford, we all know they're going to be up for it, and I'm sure the boys will be up for it as it being a home game. Saturday, um, Challenge Cup game against Dundee in Dundee. Uh, we haven't won on the road yet. Um, is it time to, to uh, put a W on the column? Yeah, definitely. Um, they, yeah, Saturday's, uh, Friday's going to be a big tough task with Guildford being good, having one of the best power plays in the league. I think... Um, we're going to have to crack down on our penalties. Um, but Saturday's going to be a big one. We need to get that first road win, especially with it being a cup game as well. Adam, um, weekend again, uh, but a mixed fortunes. Uh, Saturday had a very dominant performance against the Five Flyers. Um, 
and then Sunday uh, is it fair to say it was an opposite um, yeah Sunday I thought you know especially after reviewing the game we started the game real well which is a, a, a big positive considering the journey over um, that we came out of the gates pretty pretty well and I think we got a good start and then we got into some penalty trouble and uh, they got one on us and then uh, we responded well and we ended up scoring essentially three goals one of them disallowed before the third period or sorry before the the, the end of the first and then um, you know with the, the there's a lot of delays throughout the game but then the second period uh, slash first period whatever you want to call it when we come back out um, after the post delay, uh, we weren't great. Um, a lot of penalty trouble, and then from there, I thought we lost the momentum of the game and uh, we struggled to really get it back. And then they got a power play goal. Well, then we're in a bit of a panic, and and then when they got the go ahead in the third period, we're chasing the game and we're just turning a lot of pucks over and just feeding their transition. And that's just not how you win on the road. Um. You just literally finished it there with your last sentence. You haven't won on the road this year so far. Um, is that a concern or something that we're just going to have to work harder for? Uh, it's not a concern cause I'm, uh, because I know the character of this team, but uh, we certainly need to figure it out. We you know, 500 weekends are, are not going to cut it in this league. Um, this weekend, uh, Guildford Flames, we know what you're up against every time you play Guildford. Um, and then uh, back to Challenge Cup action against Dundee. Um, two games left. Uh, two, one against Carter, Dundee, sorry, one against Glasgow. Um, absolutely vital to win at least one of them. Yeah, um, you know what? It's it's a great challenge for our team now uh, to be kind of up against it with that, uh, especially them both both being road games against two very good teams in, in Glasgow and Dundee, and uh, both teams are very good at home as well. So um, it's a great challenge for our team. You know, we we want to move on. We want to qualify. Um, so we got to show up those games. we got to compete like it's a playoff game. And if we do that, uh, I'm confident we'll get through. Next couple of weeks is going to be uh, very tough, especially uh, on the road. You've, um, we start this Friday with Guildford, um, Saturday against Dundee, and then next Tuesday against Lulea um, at home. Um, preparation how you st- obviously starts today. Yeah, um, it was a travel day yesterday, so we got back around 2 p.m. So, um, you know, I expect guys to be maybe a bit tired today, uh, given it's uh, not a full 48, I guess, since since our last game. But uh, we're certainly going to put in a bit of work today and uh, get some reps. And um, we'll have a big, uh, heavy day tomorrow, I think. And then Thursday's a, a bit of a light day in preparation and, and get feeling good about ourselves going into the weekend. And thanks again to Simon and the lads are for uh, giving us that little bit of audio. And Friday night, we uh, entertain in league action, the Guilford Flames for the first time this season. Before we chat about the game, Joel got a chance earlier on to talk to Paul Dixon. Now, listen, I'm going to get straight into it. Um, like the Belfast Giants, you split a series with Omar Pasha's Dundee Stars at the weekend, um, losing 6-2 on the road and bouncing back with a big 7-1 win at home. Now, we all know uh, all too well over here that Dundee pose a threat on any given night. What, what was your message to the boys coming into that second game? Because it was obviously heard loud and clear. Yeah, yeah. It's not, it's, well, like I said to them today, it was, uh, it was a response that we were looking for. Um, and, you know, I think... 
after the defeat up there on the Saturday night, um, you kind of you look at the game and you look at the things that we just didn't do well on the night. And um, you know, I, I said on the in an interview um, on the t- on the telly there on the TV uh, cast after that, you can't really you can't look at the ten hour bus ride, um, you know, because everybody's got to travel, everybody you know plays away games, and uh, you can't use that as an excuse. But I said that it, uh, for the two years that we've certainly been in the elite league, that was the only time when I've looked at our team and I thought like we were tired and you know it looked as though we had sat in the bus for 10 hours um, and like I said it's not an excuse it's no way I mean Dundee were very good on the night um, we were just a little bit heavy legged and uh, we just we didn't play uh, like we know we can and uh, you know you, you, get, you get days when you're just off and, and I think on the Saturday we just we just weren't there we weren't there from what we normally have and like I say you know I'm, I, it's not a criticism of my team um, you know I'm the biggest fan of the, the way we play and the players that I've got so it's kind of you, you just have to you have to take it on the chin for that result and uh, you know you go away and you look at the video and uh, we got back to Guildford at 8 o'clock on the Sunday morning there and the boys obviously went back home got some sleep and then we came back watched a couple of um, clips from the game on Saturday and you know the good thing is with 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 my team is uh, I, I knew they were going to respond and you know that's the character of the player that I've got in there you know they're not happy yeah. with an underpar performance and uh, that bounce back factor um, was, was a huge part and like I said we came out right from the very first shift um, we just played with the energy and speed that this team's built around and um, you know we didn't give Dundee a second and we know I know that we got back there but we knew that Dundee had spent the best part of nine and a half ten hours coming down to us and it was early that we jumped on them um, and you know a little bit of rest for the Saturday night uh, kind of when the wheels fell off for us um, yeah, so yeah. There's nothing better than that retribution. I mean, I'm look, looking at the league table, it's obviously early doors, but uh, your Flames are 2-3 and three in the league so far, sitting 7th in the table with the game in hand. It's something you said there, actually. It's very easy to forget that the club's still very new to the Elite Ice Hockey League. With all that said, what are your own personal ambitions for the league this season? Well, I mean, I think any it's, it's just consistency, and I think kind of, you know, you've just got to... You've got to try and win your home games first and foremost because they're massive points at home, um, and it's always a, a key thing. Not just for that, but obviously for the fans as well. Um, and then you kind of—I mean, the, the, the way the league shaped up so far early this season, and like you said, on, on any given night, um, anybody's capable of beating anybody. I, I do believe the teams have got closer together um, from the top team to the bottom place team last year. I, I think the, the gap's not as big. I think uh, you know there's, there's there's a lot of good players coming into the league again, not just from the top teams but from obviously the lower the you know the smaller teams as well um like i said i mean dundee's a good example um you know the way they played against us on that saturday night um they were excellent and credit to them like you know you, you, sometimes you, you look for the excuses and certain things but like i said on that on that night against dundee good example good team uh, pasha's done a great job uh, recruiting some of the players that he's brought in there this year and you know they're, they're, they're certainly uh they're going to be very tough to play in their own building as anybody is in this league but it's kind of for our objective is, you know, we just we want to find that consistency, um, you know, and you just you just want to get on a roll, and you kind of just see, like I said, you just you, you want to perform, and I think at the end of the day, we know that if we can perform for 60 minutes on any given night, then you know we can play and certainly beat anyone in the league, but that's not a given. You've got to you've got to do that, and I think Belfast and Cardiff certainly from last year and the years before is kind of, 
you know, they have been the most consistent teams throughout the course of the season, and that's where obviously Belfast ended up where they did last year and Cardiff the year before. And yeah, there's a reason for that. And like you say, you just you can't take a few weeks off and then decide to get going again. But uh, you know, I think if you ask any coach on any team, everybody's after that consistency. Um, you know, it, it's uh, but it's sometimes it's hard to maintain that for 60 plus games, um, whatever it is that we play there. Yeah, and it's the unique factor of this league, isn't it? Every every night's playoff hockey. I mean, looking at your team this year, Guildford is probably one of the more recognisable squads heading into 2019-20 with the return of, of coveted players like Cal Akrid, Cruz Reddick, you got John Dunbar back, Travis Fullerton. In fact, I was taking a look through your squad today and you've retained your net-minding duo. You've only recruited two new defencemen in Stevie Lee and Jordan Riley and two new forwards in Cambrays and Owen Griffiths. With, as you mentioned there again, league turnover, player turnover in general being so high, was retaining as much of your squad as possible a calculated move heading into the off season. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, the one thing that, and, and not just teams I've coached, but teams I've played for over the years as well. And you have to build a core. I think you know the big thing is if if you get a core of players that come into any coach's system or any any team where they play, and certainly they fit that mould of what you're trying to do, the the hockey that you're trying to produce. Um, and when you get players that play your style of hockey into your club, you want to keep them um, because you know not everybody can suit the coach's needs sometimes. And uh, the one thing that we did from that early recruitment process was we wanted a, a speed, a skilled team. And you know I think we did a good job of that in our first year, and then we built on it last year. And, you know, we're trying to build on that again. But um, the big thing is um, for ourselves is, you know, if you can keep a core of players together for two, three, four, even five years, if they're young enough, then yeah. you can build on that because they get to know you. They get to know what the club's about. They get to know your systems and the style of hockey that you want to play. And I think you can progress from there. You know, if you've got a heavy turnaround of, I don't know, 12, 14 players every year, it might take you the best part of three months to get them guys going. If, if It might even be longer. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're into the middle of the season and, like you just, I, I don't, I don't believe you can win things like that. That's just my belief. I think you've got to have a core of players that know the club and recognise it, and all going in that same direction. And that was key for us, keeping, like you said, the names that you mentioned there, and the Jesse Craig's, and obviously the Reddicks, yeah. the Akrins. They fit the style of hockey that we want to play. And you know, you, I think we know that we went down the right road there because at the end of the first year, I think all of the top four big teams came into all of them, not just one of them. They wanted all five of them the guys, and you know, we had we had a fan them off and uh, luckily enough the guys have enjoyed it in Guildford and you know they've been loyal to myself and the club and uh, that speaks volumes as well and it, it just yeah. goes to show that we we as a club are certainly in the in a moving in the right direction as well if we can attract that calibre of players and you know even Steve Lee from Nottingham there's a guy that's played in Nottingham for 10 years yeah, won a lot of trophies with Nottingham in the league and you know we managed to uh, attract him to Guildford this summer as well so like you know from our side I think we are moving forward um, but it, it's nice to see that those core of players um, are staying with us and uh, you know, they want to build on that. And again, you know, we want to challenge um, for trophies. That's the main aim. It's, you know, mm -hmm. keep putting yourself in those positions and uh, you just don't know. You know, it, it's a big ask. It's like I said, the league's strong and there's a lot of good teams in this league and there's a lot of teams that's been in this league for a long time winning those trophies. And, you know, we want to just try and get in that mix if we can, like we did last year. You know, we, we, we were close uh, last year to maybe pulling one off and the, the goal for this season is the same thing if we just can try and get consistency in the league and then the cup games well you know they obviously get into the quarterfinals semi-finals and even the final the one-off games and like I say any team on any night can beat anybody we've seen that um, certainly the league title is definitely it's the hardest one it's definitely the hardest one to get a hold of because like you say you've got to be pretty consistent for over the course of games that 
that uh, you know the sixty odd games that we talk about. But uh, like like I said, our goals for this year is just hopefully we can put ourselves in those positions again and uh, see where we go. Uh, you mentioned the, the Challenge Cup there. I wasn't going to be the first to bring it up, so I'm glad that you did. Um, if, if, you, if you don't mind, let's talk Challenge Cup for a moment. Um, the Guildford sure. Flames, obviously, are, are currently second of three in your qualifying group, uh, currently mm-hmm. sandwiched between the Cardiff Devils and the Coventry Blaze. Um, yeah. the, the two groups with three teams this year feature what's being called a play-in game between whoever ends yeah. up in third place to determine the final qualifying side. And I, I, I'm obviously here in Belfast playing in the more conventional four-team group. I'm keen to know your thoughts yeah. on the Challenge Cup format this year. Do you find it overcomplicated? Do you see that as a benefit to Guildford? What are your thoughts? Uh, to, to be honest with you, you know, I, I haven't really thought much about. I don't really have an opinion on that. I mean, obviously, the you know, you just play to whatever the structure is. Um, and again, it's where we play. Obviously, both those teams uh, two times home and away. And at the end of the day, we want to try and top the group, so there's no kind of indecision there. Um, and I know the way the setup is, it's going to be that extra game there to play off kind of thing. But it's uh, it, it doesn't really enter our you know we play the game and whoever we're playing that weekend or whoever the, the team may be, we want to win. That game and that's our objective and we just want to move forward with that but um, you know I, I think obviously with the number of teams in the league and different stuff it's always going to be a hard format to try and get those uh, yeah, exact uh, tables ma- matched up um, I mean having shocked the elite league to a certain extent if you don't mind me saying last year by making the final and, and of course with the way in which the title was decided in overtime last season how much of a focal point is the challenge cup among the team and the fans this year is there a sense that you could get back there well, I think it's like anything, isn't it? I think it, once you have the taste of it, um, you know, you certainly you certainly want to put yourself in that position again. And you know, going back to that final, I mean, from a coach and on the night, you kind of there's a lot of things happening because it's a hundred mile an hour. But when you when, you know when you digest the game a few days later, and you know that was a great game of hockey. I mean, that was a really good like both teams. That was it was it was fast. It had a little bit of everything in it. And uh, again, it was a really and it could have gone it could have gone either way. And you know, obviously we weren't. Uh, we wanted to win on the night, but overall, when I watched that game back, it was a really exciting game for obviously for the final. I've seen a lot of finals played a lot worse than that one was. Um, <laughs> but you know, again, it's kind of the boys that are with us. We talk, you know, we, we have retained a lot of that team, and I, I'm sure when it rolls around, that they want to be back in those positions and you know to get there for us as well. You know, we put Nottingham and uh, Sheffield out, arguably, you know, again two huge huge teams in this league and there have been over the last few decades um, but to get past those but you know not just one of those teams to get past both of them to make the final was a huge uh, huge achievement but uh, like I said I think the boys when it comes around again you know they, they know what it takes they know what they have to do um, to get there and you know maybe maybe they will maybe they'll uh, be a little bit more determined but you know it's a great experience to make any final you, that, that's that's why we play you want to, you want to be in those showcase events as a player as a coach and as fans as well and you know we all want to be in those final games I think I maybe know the answer to this one. You touched on it there, but when the dust settled last year, what was the overwhelming feeling um, after the final? There had to have been a sense of pride uh, at what many would call an upset so early into a club's EHL tenure. You know, to to run the tournament like you did, to make it the final, make it to the final, and to push the Belfast Giants so far. I mean, I watched that game through my fingers. You're bound to have come away proud of your boys. Yeah, we were. I mean, like you say, on, on the on the night, it's disappointment because you you just realise how close. Um, you know, we had a lot of good chances, and uh, obviously Beskowani kept the Giants in there for a little bit of time. And I just think if we could have put a couple of chances away and got the scoreline a little bit bigger, um, we might have been able to hold on to it. But like you say, on the on the night, yeah. 
Yeah, you're a little bit gutted because you've just lost the final. Um, you know, because uh, you're there, you're so close. Um, and like I said, it wasn't kind of it wasn't a one-sided game. It was a very close game, and yeah. uh, I thought we had a very you know we had some good chances, um, and we just couldn't capitalise on the chances that we had um, on the night. But then, you know, you, you take a step back, and like you say, you reflect a few days later, and you look back on it, and you know how we played and how obviously we conducted ourselves in that final. You know, it, it proves that we can. Go into them games and certainly, uh, you know, give the big boys, so to say, a, a look at that as well. Um, you know, and like I said, it, it, it's within touch and distance. And you know, that was last year. Um, just because we did that last year certainly doesn't guarantee we're going to do that this year. Like I said, I think all the teams have got stronger again um, this year. And you know, you, and sometimes when you go on a run as well, you have to have the puck bounce um, your favour and uh, and go with the rules as well. And sometimes you have it from season to season, and sometimes you don't. And you know, I think any team that wins a trophy or a championship has a little bit of luck at some given point to get them through the, you know, I, I'm not disrespecting anybody by saying that, but it, it's just, you know, you need the odd bounce here or you need the, the kind of empty net missed by the other team to, and then all of a sudden you come down and score and like, that's that, that's the way the hockey world works, unfortunately. Yeah. But, you know, we're, we're under no illusion that just because we did it last year, it's going to be the same for us. Um, you know, we're going to have to work twice as hard if we want to put ourselves in them places again. And we know that, um, but saying that, I've, I've got a group that are willing to do that. And of course, I mean, the best part about hockey is there's always that next chance to kind of redeem yourself and fight those battles again. Of course, you get your first swing at the Giants this weekend with league points up for grabs. What would you say are your tactical priorities coming into the SSC arena this weekend? Oh, I have to be careful what I say here, don't I? <laughs> it's, worth, it's, worth, it's always worth a try. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, like I said, I, I've got a lot of respect. Like, obviously, I think Adam's done a great job there. And I know Steve Thorne from uh, a long time ago as well. So, you know, for, for, for Thorne's as well, I've got the utmost respect for both of those guys. I think Keith has done a great job with what he's done in the last couple of years as a head coach, taking that uh, position as a player as well and going straight into that and obviously getting some silverware under his belt early, which is good for him. Um, but he's a good person as well, obviously. Um, and the club itself, you know, I think it speaks volumes for the club itself and showing faith with Adam and giving him that chance to do his uh, job there. So, yeah, it's good. But, you know, we've had some, we've had some really good games with with the Giants really good games and I think this Friday it'll be I think it will I think it's obviously you know the way the two teams match up um, again I look at the roster the guys that they've brought in and they're high end quality guys not just for, for, for Belfast but for the league itself and also you know those guys there can be playing in the top well they have been playing in the top leagues in Europe so it speaks it speaks volumes obviously again for what Belfast have done and the calibre of play that they've done after this summer um, but we're you know we're expecting a good game and I think, like I said, I think there's only maybe one or two games over the last two years where there has been a little bit of a three or four goal scoreline. I think all the other games are within one and two goals. Um, good hockey games as well. And uh, I think it will be this Friday, the way the two teams match up. Um, obviously, Adam's style, the way that he, the way that his team plays and the way that we play. It'll, it should be a great game, um, but you know it, it's like anything. We we kind of we haven't been inconsistent. I think the Dundee was a one-off thing on the Saturday, but um, we've had a lot of you know, first weekend of the season. We lost four guys through to injury, and you know I don't care how big anybody's lost. You, you lose you lose four guys out of your team early, and, this, and it just upsets everything. The balance of your line, and then you're juggling other people to play with other people. Uh, so I think um, you know we we kind of were short-staffed at the beginning. Um, we got a couple of results with a short bench as well. 
which was good. But um, you know, we've been in games, certainly uh, been the better team for you know not the whole 60 minutes, but I'm talking about that uh, consistency. You know, we've been the better team for 20 minutes, but we've got to put that into 60. Um, you know, so going coming into there on Friday, it's going to be a huge test for us, a huge test. But uh, like I say, if we can come in and, and play our game and execute for 60 minutes, um, you know, we have a good chance of certainly competing with the Giants. But uh, you know, we'll we're going there to get points for sure. We're not any coach anywhere is going there to win the game and you know we're no different um but you know we know how hard it's going to be i mean it's a tough place to play it is it's a tough place to play and uh obviously we've just got to you know kind of focus on ourselves and what we're going to do and hopefully it's enough to get the points out of there and thanks to joel and paul for their time there and simon guilford claim flame little and Simon, Guilford Flames, we know from last season, they uh, recruited a very, certainly speedy team and very, very, very good on the special teams. Yeah, they're a difficult team to play against, didn't they? Uh, you know, they brought a, a, a big unit in today, a new goalie, six foot five, two ten. So he's going to be a big, big boy. Whether or not he starts, I don't know yet. But, um, you know, they, usually when they bring a goaltender in, uh, uh, and, and Paul Dixon uh, said in his comments on the on the Elite League website that you know they were looking for another goaltender. So um, you know Mike Wells backing up Fullerton, it's always difficult to get a backup goalie in this league. So they're now going with two import goaltenders uh, like they did last year. It'll be interesting to see who he starts on on Saturday. This this, this guy coming in looks like a very young kid. He's only twenty one. Uh, so you know it's it's coming from a junior league and the men's league and. and you know, the, the calibre of the league like South could be difficult. But then, you know, you just never know what you're going to get. So it'll be interesting to see. But Paul Dixon's always got his guys well coached, well drilled with regards to which way he likes to play. They are a quick team. Uh, they do transition very well. They're they're uh, very good on the special teams. So um haven't got off to the best start this season. But uh, as I said, that's certainly going to be... It's going to be a difficult one to hold on to. Just getting the window wrapped there by James Glover. Scared the crap out of me. <laughs> bring him in. <laughs> bring him in. Bring him in. We'll get a chat with him there. Um, just coming back from inline hockey there, I think. Joel, your own thoughts after speaking to Paul Dixon. And it's a big a big game for us because we're having to try and climb up that league table, catch up on those games that we've missed. Yeah, that's it. I mean, first thing you talked earlier just about the how skewed the league table is. Um, I don't know if this is uh, statistically acceptable, Davy, in, in, in your but what I always do is look at the pace. Obviously, the most games played at the minute is six, and we're sitting on two. So, uh, let's do some quick maths before six and nine ten. We have potential of ten points right now if if we had the most games played on the table. You know, which says to me that we're on pace. You know, the three points out of those two games is, is okay. It's a good start. And uh, we're definitely strong enough at home at the minute. Um, Guilford are interesting to me this year. You know, I was talking to, to Paul Dixon there, who was very nice to omit the fact that he'd signed a goaltender just before he announced it. Really appreciate that, Paul. Thanks very much. But I said to him there in the interview, you know, he, he a very largely unchanged team. You know, we retained that goaltending core before they signed the new guy and only two new D guys and new forwards. Uh, so you've got a team that know each other and know the league and goodness knows we know they can compete uh you only have to think back to the challenge cup final which um i watched through my fingers in, in absolute terror you know they have some uh, real threats there you've got kelly Ackred, probably one of the best special teams guys in the league and uh, one of the most offensive d-men in the league um, and just a team that are well gelled you know dixon talks about his 
coaching ethos of keeping that core together. He only believes that teams can be successful if they're bedded in and, and they're playing together for a long time. And that's maybe a bit of a secret weapon in a, a league with a, a high player turnover. Um, but first and foremost, the Giants just need to shake off uh, the sort of downsides of the past few weeks and, and, and form on the road, <clears throat> excuse me, and, you know, taking too many penalties, any, any of that kind of stuff, and just get back to playing that great hockey that we've seen them play. Um, think of the compete level during the CHL games. You know, if, if we can get back to that stride again and take that on the road, there's absolutely no problem. You know, I think we're going to start climbing the table rapidly. I, I don't see why we shouldn't. Um, we Guildford are a beatable team. Um, we obviously have beaten them. They always bring a challenge to us. They're always tight games of hockey. They always play well. Um, but I think this weekend in general, uh, there, there's no reason why we can't go and, and execute a four-pointer. Okay, and then we'll move on to the following day. And we, we touched on it briefly there earlier when we were talking about the Challenge Cup group standings at the minute. We obviously head over to the Queen's Road and the Dundee Ice Arena and uh, to take on Omar Pasha again. We'll have a little bit of revenge in our minds, hopefully, but, you know, it's a big, big game, Simon. It is, David. Uh, it's important that, uh, you know, we're uh, use a, one of big Neil Russell. Happy birthday to him the other day, by the way. Oh, yes. Um, but, uh, you know, best foot forward and, and uh, try and come up with a uh, with a result. And, but we talked about it before, Pash. Pash just gets his team's um, they they play a system that they 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 stick to. You know, they sort of absorb like a, like a sponge. They, they pressure, and then when they get the chance, you know, their transition from from defense to forward is very very quick. They've they've a couple of guys in there that can really move, um, and they know where the net is as well. So it's going to be difficult, David. It's, uh, I'm certainly not expecting um, an easy task and an easy game from uh, the stars, but. It's 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 a game that that we need to win. Um, when I talked to Adam this morning about it, uh, you know, he was talking about you know it's it's one of those games that you know big big games for need big players. So uh, hopefully we 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 play uh, uh, a, a important game on Friday night. We come out with a positive result um, and we make that trip over to Dundee the next day uh, for for that game against uh, the Stars. So uh, with a lot of confidence. So. Uh, I'm expecting a, a bounce back from uh, the disappointment against Dundee and Belfast a few weeks ago. I say last week, my apologies. Um, so uh, I, I think that Joel's right. I think there's a four point here that can happen because it's important that we win on the road and it's important we win on the road soon. And Joel, then moving on from, uh, there's, I think we've said enough about Sunday already in the show, but we move on. I suppose this is where I have been, you know, one of my distractions, I think, from talking about the CHL, we obviously then have Lilea coming in next Tuesday night. You know, I think the CHL right at the start of the season with the four games before domestic action started. And I know we'll be trying our very, very best to defeat Lilea and then go and do the same away. But, you know, Lilea come in on Tuesday night in the Champions Hockey League. Yeah, um, Swedish hockey, we, we've talked about it before. I can't remember that, but of the four... Uh, winners of the CHL so far, three have been Swedish and one was Lulea. They won the first one, isn't that right? Something like that anyway. Um, but to, to have to kind of pick up that pace again of CHL hockey that we saw at the start of the season, especially after two games this weekend that now have, you know, uh, significant importance both in, in league in terms of catching up that space and cup in terms of having two road games to make it out of the group. Um, it's a big ask. 
for this team, as we've said. But but Simon said earlier, this team is good enough. We have recruited well. I think we've come into this season with a better team than last year, and I didn't think it was possible. You have quality all up and down that lineup, and there's no reason why we can't uh, trail a four-pointer out of this weekend. And listen, I'm, I'm under no illusions that we're going to go and blitz it into the next round of the CHL, blah, blah, blah. But there's no reason why we can't have a great weekend, pull four points, and then absolutely stick it to them. Simon, any thoughts on the, the CHL? Obviously, the game will be played before we record our next podcast. Yeah, Dave, you know, I'm, I'm, again, it's it's one of those games or you know, that, that the boys have played well in, the, in three of the first four games. And, and, you know, they sort of want to forget about the Liberates game away. I think they know that they didn't turn up for that one and play the best they, they possibly could do. But this is a home game. We're always pretty confident in their own on our own pad, um, you know, and and hopefully we can step up. And we've already played to that level uh, with the speed that's in the CHL over the last uh, the end of August, early September. I think we're good enough to get a result against this team. Um, you know, they're they're going to be ready to go. Of course they are, uh, they, but they've got to travel. They're traveling over the day before. They're, they're paying us respect on like Labrets uh, did you know a few weeks ago. You know, they're coming over the day before they're flying into Dublin. They're coming up to Belfast the day before they're, they're settling, you know, in the city. They're trying to get ice, uh, which is going to be difficult because um, Little Mix are playing next Monday night in the arena. So, <laughs> yes. You know, it's, it's, I'm going to it. Can't wait. Um, <laughs> and, um, it, it's going to be a game where uh, it's, for, it's there for us to take it, David. It's, um, you know, we'll hopefully get a good crowd. And it's, I know it's, it's hard for a Tuesday night, but. Hopefully, again, the, the, the fans can come out and, and see the level because we all remember that first uh, game against Liberates a couple of well, just about a month ago now. Um, that was one of the best games I've seen at the SSA Arena in a long, long time. Uh, the, the game a couple of days later against Augsburg was was excellent as well. So it, it's a level that you know, we, we have, have earned the right to play at uh, as champions. And, um, and hopefully, Hopefully, you know, we, again, we can get the confidence from two wins this weekend and carry that in the next Tuesday. Because we talked about Glasgow clan there a few minutes ago. Uh, it's, you know, winning is infectious. It, it brings, you know, it, it makes a lot more uh, comfortable in the room. It gives guys that confidence to, you know, go into the next game. And, like they, you know, you've talked about before about, uh, you know, players clutching their stick a wee bit too hard. That with winning that takes that away um, and shots that you were taking a few weeks ago that weren't hit the target or are going top shelf past the goalie who hasn't got a chance about them so hopefully again we can get out this weekend uh, we can pick up two wins two important wins and uh, we move in the next Tuesday and with a lot of confidence so um, I'm expecting a, a good performance from the boys um, and then again you know they're on the road for, for uh, a couple of weeks to, to get ready to go as well well, lads, I don't really have much more tonight. I know we said at the start, we wish Paddy had been here because he, he he hosts this thing way, way better than I do. But uh, Simon, any other business? Uh, yeah, I think we just need to remind people about our uh, plea. Um, you know, we talked about it at the start of the show. Uh, we really want people to buy into this. We really want people to donate their blood uh, if you are able. Um, you know, there's, there's certain rules and regulations that... Uh, eliminate you from uh, whether it's on medication or whether it's you've had tattoos and or whatever you know there's certain things that you can't donate we understand that and and we you know we're we're not uh, um, we're not you know begging you to come and, and give that out so if if you can and if you're able 
jump on board. You're going to get it for every pint you donate. And this is a scenario point, David. I've already donated one. And by the end of the season, technically, because I'm going to be giving platelets, I was working this out, I can donate five mm-hmm. before the end of the season. Does that mean I get five pints? Correct. You can get wrecked. Well, no, it's five pints, mate. It's only five pints of lager. I'll be all right. But I'm if I had five pints of lager, Sam would be in bed for three days. Davey would be buckled after five pints, mate. You're right. Wouldn't be like him. We could drink more with a fork. <laughs> it's nothing to be proud of, Sam. It's nothing to be proud of, mate. No, mate, I haven't, I haven't had a drink in uh, nine, so everything's good. That's all right. And, and if you are one of those people, and we sincerely mean this, and we're not aiming this at people or trying to make people feel bad, they can't donate. Get someone in your family, get a friend, harass them to donate in your name. You can still get the pint because they'll not get it. But, you know, every pint counts. If we can get 100 pints, we get a thousand pounds for the blood transfusion center. It would be an amazing thing and something that the Belfast Giants fans can look back. They're always given something. We've asked them to donate their organs. We're asked them to donate their blood. They're always donating their money. So fantastic crowd of fans. And we're really, really proud to be counted amongst you. But that brings us to the, the end of this week's A View from the Fridge. And um, I'd like to thank Kieran Long, Adam Keefe, Paul Dixon. But of course, I'd like to thank Joel Neal. Are we all okay, boys? That one was pretty stressful. Is everybody all right? Is <laughs> <laughs> he okay? Bit of PTSD, probably. But we'll, we'll hang on in there. And, of course, a big thank you to uh, international ice hockey legend and good friend, Simon Kitchen. It's uh, been emotional. <laughs> it's AVF TV acoustic tonight, logging out. Yes, well, lads, of course, if you can get down to the SSE on Friday, we play the Guild for Flames. If you can't, is there anywhere you can watch it, Simon? Yes, you can watch it on Jans TV. Uh, Friday night, uh, we'll be on live from 6.45 to be confirmed with uh, a guest. Um, as I say, Dylan certainly won't be up to it. He did a great job on on uh, Saturday night when he came on and, and did the highlights with us. Thanks to Shane Owen. You know, I thought Shane Owen was really good. And Shane Johnson's always great when he comes on as well. So, don't know who we're going to have this weekend with us at the minute. Um, there's uh, a couple of different options, so it just depends on who I want to listen to. If I want to listen to, um, you know, uh, Matt Ford, I want to listen to American uh, slash Canadian slash Glaswegian slash Northern Irish guy Colin Shields. Um, just don't know yet, so we'll have to get that confirmed and we'll post it up on Jan's TV uh, by the end of the week. Of course, try and get yourself down to the SSE. Tickets available at the box office. Telephone number? 9073-9074. Well done. Well done. And, of course, Saturday right? night then, the, the <laughs> guys. I think, I think it is right. 9073-9074. Absolutely right. And uh, we go to Dundee then. And then we travel back to Belfast next Tuesday night. The game against the Leia. As Simon said, I know it's difficult. It's a Tuesday night, it's a work night, it's a school night. Try and get yourself down there. This is going to be another really, really good night of European hockey. High-skilled players coming in and hopefully the Belfast Giants stepping up to that challenge and, and bringing their A game. That's also, I assume that's going to be available on Free Sports or Premier Sports next week. Yeah, it's on Free Sports. On Free Sports. So, Mick, enjoy your hockey wherever you watch it this weekend and we'll catch you next time. On a view from the bridge.
Podcast Network.